Losing weight does not necessarily mean you'll be healthier, more athletic, or better in general. In fact, as you lose weight, there's a very good chance that you'll lose muscle too, which means you're just a smaller version of yourself, not necessarily a leaner version. A 2017 meta-analysis in the journal Advances in Nutrition states that the potential health benefits of diet-induced weight loss could be compromised by the weight loss-associated loss of lean body mass, i.e. muscle. In this episode, you'll learn a better way to look at the process of bringing your body fat down to a healthy level or to the level that you desire. Welcome to the Holly Perkins Health Podcast. If you're a woman over the age of 35 and have health, fitness, or nutrition questions for your body, you're in the right place. I'm Holly Perkins, a women's strength and nutrition expert with over 30 years of experience, helping thousands of women transform their bodies to be stronger, more resilient, and more energetic inside and out. Every week, you'll walk away with a real plan for improving your body composition so you can feel better now, reduce inflammation, and create lasting health. So. If you're ready to create the body that you need to keep up with the life that you love, let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode two of this brand new podcast. It's very exciting. I have been wanting to create this podcast for at least seven years, and wow, I am so happy to be here, and I have to admit, I'm even more excited that you're here, so Thank you for being here. Without you, I'd be lost. Please be sure to listen to the first 10 episodes as each is dedicated to a core tenant of my philosophies and reflects the most important concepts I'm seeing now in health, fitness, and nutrition. Also, if you stop right now and post a review below, you'll get free access to my brand new program called Strength Without Stress. It's a four-week strength training plan with minimum recovery, so you get maximum strength without the stress of confusing, elaborate, or overly intense workouts. Simply rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. Then screenshot your review and come over to hollyperkins.com forward slash review and send it to me. You'll get immediate free access to this brand new program. But let's get into the problem with losing weight. The health and fitness industry has a strange obsession with body fat. You'll often hear people measure their success with statements like, my doctor or trainer says that I'm 35% body fat and that puts me into the obese category. Or I want to be ripped at 15% body fat so I can see my abs and... I'm over here wondering, why are we focused on these small numbers when they represent the smallest part of you, body fat, and the majority of you, 60 to 70% or more, is muscle? Wouldn't it feel more expansive and positive and exciting to say, my goal is to become 70% muscle? Around here, that's how we do it. If you're frustrated by increasing belly fat, worried about your health, want to lose weight, 
or obsess over the number on the bathroom scale, this episode is so for you. In this episode, I'm offering you a new perspective that will inspire us all to stop focusing on the number on the scale and instead start using body composition as the gold standard measure of health, fitness, and physical improvement in general. It's true that your risk of disease increases as your body fat increases. We know this from research. But it's also true that your risk of disease decreases as your lean muscle mass increases. So let's focus on becoming more muscle rather than less weight, which, by the way, is less of who you are. Rather than shrinking, I invite you to strive for more, more muscle, because that does mean more health. It has been my lifelong passion to see a world where the number of women strength training in gyms around the world rivals the number of men. I dream of a day when doctors no longer weigh you at your yearly checkup or scold you when your BMI is too high. I look forward to the day when I no longer hear the words lose weight and women call me because they want more muscle. How cool would that be? Because here's the deal. When you focus on improving your body composition, everything else in your life gets better. The problem with losing weight is, one, that you also lose muscle. And if you don't already know, muscle is life. And number two, the end result usually isn't a leaner, meaner version of you. It's simply a smaller version. I'm not saying that you can't become leaner when you lose weight. I'm saying that if your mindset begins with, I want to lose weight, there's a good chance that you'll adopt habits that lead you down a specific road, one of weight loss, one that in my experience really isn't a very helpful or successful one. Today, I'm talking about changing the way you think and the way that you verbalize your goal of improving the quality of the weight that reflects your physical body. See what I did there? Instead of losing weight, I invite you to reframe this whole conversation around your body becoming healthier and better. Today, you're going to learn why body composition should be the only measurement that you pay attention to, the only one. You're going to learn why you should literally laugh at your doctor when they refer to a BMI chart. And when is it time to march your bathroom scale out to the curb and into the trash for good? The problem with losing weight is that one, it means your brain is focused on quote unquote losing something. And it's a human protective mechanism to want to avoid losing anything. We know this from human behavioral research and psychological science, if you will. This focus on something negative, losing, isn't productive or effective. Number two, whether you realize it or not, you've been brainwashed to associate certain behaviors with weight loss. For example, a common pattern I see when women come to me because they're, quote unquote, struggling to lose weight, and when I assess their habits, most of the time they are eating low carb, doing too much cardio, 
overly restricting their calories and obsessing over the scale. Do you agree? When you shift your intention to building muscle, it tricks your brain into looking for different strategies. Typical weight loss programming usually puts you in a very catabolic state. If you don't know this word, it basically means that your body is breaking down tissues in order to lose weight. And oh, by the way, not to get into it too much here, this is the basis of intermittent fasting. So what you might not know if you're someone who's into intermittent fasting is that it completely revolves around this idea of catabolism, which is breaking down your body. And this means that there's usually a breakdown of muscle tissue too. Number three, losing weight may not mean that you'll improve your body composition. In fact, I've had several women come to me who lost 20 or 30 pounds, but their body fat percentage was still higher than the number associated with a decrease in disease. You may have heard the term skinny fat before. And as much as I hate it, I think we can all understand what it means, and I think it's relevant here. Skinny fat refers to a body or this idea that the body is small in terms of size or in terms of body weight, but where the body fat is still high. They're skinny by someone's standard, but they are also fat by a body fat percentage measure, which, oh, by the way, is medically documented. A few years back, when I still used the bathroom scale, I had a number in mind that represented the size that I wanted to be. At the time, that number was 118 pounds. Up until then, I linked the number 118 as being lean and mean and top of my game machine. After a stretch, when my weight was higher, let's say I think it was up around maybe 128 or so, I decided to get more focused on my diet and strength training so that I could get back to that 118 number. So for a number of weeks, maybe it was even a month or two, I stayed super consistent with my programming and I had been super focused on building muscle. I woke up one morning. I distinctly remember it. I can literally see it in my mind's eye right now. I woke up and I was feeling good. You know those days when you wake up and you just feel like skinny, like you would assume that the scale has gone down? I remember waking up and feeling lean and mean and tight and kind of deflated and thinking, oh, wow, this is the day. My weight is down and I look good. Looking in the mirror, I could see my abs. My arms were showing more definition. They looked tight and toned, and I just felt internally, I felt awesome, and I knew I had lost weight. My hunch was that I had reached that 118 number again, and I got very excited about weighing myself. So I stripped down. I jumped on the bathroom scale, super excited, so excited to see that number. I looked down, so ready to pat myself on the back, and instead— My jaw dropped when I saw that I had only lost four pounds and my weight was 124. And yet, I looked and I felt amazing and I was thrilled with where my body was. And I am certain that my body composition was better. 
And that was the day that I literally laughed at the scale, realized how silly it is, and I, no joke, marched that bathroom scale down to the trash bin and never looked back. I have a photo to prove it. The problem with losing weight is that it means your scale of measure is either body weight or BMI, when instead you'll be healthier, look better, and feel great if your scale of measure is body composition. So let's look at three new perspectives here. First, I want to underscore the fact that achieving a low number on the bathroom scale could be an important thing for you. See what I did there? Obesity is a real problem, and we have so much research to prove that it increases your risk of life-threatening diseases. It reduces your lifespan, and it decreases your quality of life. Being over fat is the technical term, is a problem for your health. If you're 40, 50 pounds or more over your ideal body weight, you want to stop and take a look at it. Quote, unquote, your body weight is a problem by these standards. Simply lowering your weight could mean a longer life. That's very real. That being said, it still stands that you'll be focusing on losing something. And there is a law of diminishing returns when you're focused on losing weight. You can only lose weight for so long, and at some point, the process slows to a halt. Your increments of weight loss get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller as you get closer to your ideal body weight. A problem I see often is when a woman comes to me after she has lost a bunch of weight but is then frustrated when the scale slows or stops moving altogether. This is where using the bathroom scale as a measure of success becomes a real problem, and it's time to shift your focus. Once you get within 10 to 20 pounds of your ideal weight, it's time to focus solely on your body composition. So even if you need to lose more than 20 pounds, you might as well make the shift now to forgetting the scale and adopting body composition as your new reference. To be sure that we're all on the same page here, I want to review exactly what body composition is. Right now, based on your body weight, there is a percentage of your body that is muscle, a percentage that is bone, and a percentage that is body fat. Regardless of your body weight, Research shows that you'll reduce your risk of disease and be healthier if at least 70% of your current body weight is lean muscle mass. Now, that's my personal spin on it. Everyone else is completely focused on this smaller number body fat, and I say, let's change the conversation and instead Focus on how much of you is muscle because that's way more relevant and important. And your first goal should be to achieve at least 70% of any current body weight as lean muscle mass. This would also mean that about 30% of you or less is body fat. Technically, 
We also account for the percentage that is bone, but to make things simple, it's really easiest to just think of your body as 100% and divide 100% of your current body weight into these two things, muscle and fat. It just makes it easier for reference. Historically, healthy was defined as having less than 30% of your body weight as fat. Now, I want to change that conversation. Instead, we say to be optimally healthy, the goal is to be at least 70% muscle. Focusing on body fat just feels like negative vibes, no? So I encourage you to get curious about how you can change your habits so that you become at least 70% muscle. This also helps to answer the question of, ideal body weight, because how on earth could anyone know what your ideal body weight is? We do have to have some reference to measure people by so that we know how to advise you. So there does have to be a metric. And this is why the BMI, Body Mass Index Scale, came about. More on that silliness in a minute. To some degree, it doesn't matter if you weigh 450 pounds, if your body fat is within medically proven ranges deemed as healthy. If you're five feet tall and weigh 250 pounds and are mostly muscle, there's a really good chance that you're healthy, even though your doctor's reference charts will say that you're over fat and therefore unhealthy. Therefore, who's to say what your ideal body weight is? How could we know what that actual number is? But once you achieve that 70% lean muscle mark, you get to decide how much you want to weigh. If you lift weights, and if you're hanging out with me, we can assume that you are, the scale becomes even more irrelevant because muscle is heavy. There's a saying, muscle weighs more than fat. Have you heard that? And if you were to judge that by volume, it would be true. For example, two inches of muscle will be much heavier than two inches of fat. Instead, think of it like this. Five pounds of muscle is smaller than five pounds of fat. So muscle doesn't weigh more than fat because it's all relative, but it's smaller pound for pound. So as you build muscle, you lose fat, and you will become smaller, but the scale might remain the same. This is why your body weight kind of doesn't matter, and losing weight is not the holy grail. 70% muscle is the new skinny. Say it with me, friend, write it down, put it on your refrigerator because it will change your life. Did you hear that you can get free access to my brand new program called Strength Without Stress? This four-week strength training program is truly unique because it's designed to reduce the systemic inflammation that's caused by overly intense or lengthy workouts. It'll help you build and maintain valuable lean muscle without making you feel wiped out. This is one of my best programs yet, and you can get it for free simply by posting a review of my podcast. 
Grab a screenshot of your podcast review and upload it at hollyperkins.com forward slash review. This is a limited time offer before I sell it for $197. So grab it now while it's free at hollyperkins.com forward slash review. The second perspective I want to offer here is to also ignore the very inaccurate and outdated idea of body mass index, BMI. In fact, I vote we should all laugh at our doctors if they judge our health using this reference. Just like your body weight, your BMI, body mass index, isn't accurate and shouldn't be used to judge your health, especially if you work out. Here's why. First, it's important to understand the origin of the body mass index. This is really funny. It was created by a statistician, not a doctor, in Belgium in the 1800s to determine the quote-unquote average man so as to determine who is overweight and therefore who gets different rations. Now, this data was based on ethnicity. In this case, it was Belgians. In this case, it was men. And it was based on their height and weight only, which reflects a European descent. Houston, we have a problem. Today, the BMI is still used to estimate your health risks, but it's simply your weight adjusted for your height. It doesn't take into consideration different ethnicities, different sex, or athleticism. It's simply a quick and dirty measure to decide if your body is too large, i.e. over fat. If you're not tall, have a larger bone structure, and naturally or genetically have more muscle mass, there's a good chance you'll be considered overweight. For example, The BMI of a professional athlete who is lean with tons of muscle, think Serena Williams, might indicate a high risk for disease. And I'm not sure any logical doctor would call Serena in her glory days fat or overweight. And keep in mind, this index was based on men only. So is it really relevant to women? Studies show that BMI levels correlate with body fat and with future risks and is a quick and easy way to assign you a number. And this is why it's still used. But these days, we have better technology at our fingertips that are way more accurate. Another example of why BMI is problematic for us, on average, Women have greater amounts of total body fat than men with an equivalent BMI. Also, on average, we are shorter than men. It's a flawed metric. And we have better ways to assess your body fat more accurately. This leads me into the third perspective here today. When should you ditch your bathroom scale and start monitoring your body composition? If you truly want to be healthy, it's now widely agreed that strength training is a must. In case you're not convinced yet or are holding back because you're worried about bulking up, here are some benefits of strength training. As per the research, strength training lowers your risk for diabetes and metabolic disorders. 
you'll have a reduced risk of stroke, cancer, and heart disease, improved bone density, a reduction of depression, anxiety, and mood disorders, lower risk of injury, especially age-related, and better body fat management. This has all been proven over and over and over through research. I do believe that some women are more able to build muscle than others, and around here, we honor and respect each woman's preferences and beliefs. So I understand if you are someone who doesn't want to get big and bulky. That being said, it is incredibly hard to build muscle for any woman, but even more so if you're over 40. You have to be going after it day after day, week after week, in order to build a noticeable amount of muscle. You literally have to eat, sleep, breathe, and obsess over muscle in order to build enough that it's visible. In 30 years of coaching women— 30 years, day in and day out, six and seven days per week, I have only had one client who put on muscle so fast and easily that I had to change her programming. And while it was more muscle than she wanted, to the outside eye, she certainly wasn't muscular. I'd have given anything to have her genetics, and her body is unbelievable and gorgeous. Emily, if you're listening, you know. Still, the most common mistake I see women making today is operating from a fear of bulking up. I challenge you to just let go of this idea if it's you and instead try to bulk up. Check back with me in four months and let's talk. Actually, let's make that a real offer. If you, one, get a DEXA scan or a BOD pod, which I'll talk about in a moment, and take four months and increase your lean muscle mass more than, let's say, three pounds, as proven by a follow-up DEXA scan, and you're not happy, I'll give you a free hour-long coaching call to consult and advise you. How about that? Take that as an offer and a challenge to go after it. So let's agree that Strength training is a foundational part of your weekly activities. If you're strength training right, you're going to build muscle. In my coaching programs, I have watched numerous women increase their lean muscle mass by five pounds and a couple of times more than that in four months. Five pounds or five pounds or more in four months or less. Now, Before you hear that and get scared and think, oh my gosh, I'm going to gain five pounds of muscle, you should also know that the women that I'm thinking of each got smaller and leaner, and the scale either stayed the same or it also went down. So if you gain five pounds of muscle and you lose two pounds on the scale, that means you've lost seven pounds of body fat even though the fact that you gained five pounds. And this is why the scale becomes such a nonsensical metric that'll drive you crazy. So I offer you this. At some point, the scale just becomes totally irrelevant. That day could be today if you want. Even if you need to lose 30, 40, 50 pounds or more to be healthy, 
Adopting a body composition mindset now is going to serve you, and the journey to becoming a healthier version of you will be so much more joyful because you'll be focused on something positive. How can I increase my lean muscle mass to 70% more instead of I need to lose weight and the scale just went up six pounds today because I'm constipated and had sushi last night, (laughs) right? Am I right? I envision a day when the only real measure we reference is an accurate body composition scan. So let's review what that is because it's not common knowledge yet. Right now, there are two broad ways to assess your body composition. The first is a professional scan that you have to pay for. This includes a DEXA scan, which is for body composition, not to be confused with a DEXA scan for bone density. Really important to know the difference. In particular, we're talking about DEXA for body composition or a bod pod, which is known as air displacement, or if you can find one, hydrostatic weighing, which is not a lot of fun and they're hard to find. The second way is a home or gym-based scale type thing that you stand on or you stand on and use handheld sensors. This includes the in-body system and any home scale that you could purchase. This is known as bioelectrical impedance because what it's doing is it's sending a little signal through your body to determine how much resistance there is and therefore what your body fat is. Now, it's important to understand that bioelectrical impedance devices are highly dependent on your hydration. Thankfully, professional retail services are becoming more available and more economical. If you live in or near a metropolitan area, you can probably find a DEXA for body composition or a bod pod for less than $100. Now, I realize this might not be affordable for you, but it is the most accurate way to know for sure what your body composition is. If you're able to do a DEXA, again, for body composition, or a bod pod, please do that. These are the gold standard measures. In my opinion, they're the only ones that are actually really accurate because the test-to-test reliability and accuracy is around 97%, which means there's only about a 3% margin of error. The second choice is a lot less accurate. There's about a 10 to 20% margin of error in that second option, which is known as bioelectrical impedance, which is a scale that you step on. You'll see marketing for the in-body device, and many doctors are now using it in their office. It's better than most home scale models, but it's still not super accurate. In fact, I've included a 2020 study below from the Journal of Clinical Densitometry, try to say that five times, that shows a bias towards higher fat mass in women and higher fat-free mass in men with the in-body technology, which means take it with a grain of salt. If you're going to use the in-body, which I'll talk about here in a moment, just know that it's going to report your body fat a margin higher if you're a woman. 
You can often find an in-body machine at local gyms, and usually you can get a scan there for free. And that being said, please don't pay for it. I think that it's just all kinds of wrong if there's a gym charging you for it, and many are these days. It's just not necessary. The truth is, it's not really that much more accurate than a $50 home scale. So obviously, it depends on your budget and your economics and also where you live in terms of what's available to you. That being said, if the in-body is all you have, the research states, quote, it can be used as a surrogate when DEXA is not available. So in my opinion, it's the runner-up to a DEXA, BOD pod, or hydrostatic weighing. I suggest you get a body composition scan at the start of a new strength training program. Follow that program for at least three months, ideally four to six, And then, if you've been consistent, go get a follow-up scan. It's powerful the ways that this shifts how you think about your body goals, and more importantly, you'll realize very quickly how silly that old bathroom scale is. And I personally cannot wait to see the photo of you marching your scale out to the garbage bin. That is all for today, my friend. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We are finally in a time when you get to decide the size, shape, and expression of your body. We are also in a time when women with muscles are celebrated. You get to decide what your body looks like and feels like. And since we're leaving behind the days where skinny ruled and that's no longer the goal for many of us, It seems to me to be a vote in favor of building as much muscle as you possibly can. And I realize that you may not do that, but I promise your life will change in the most amazing ways if you just try. So here's to trying, my friend. Right now, click your way to the show page for this podcast wherever you're listening. Rate and leave a review screenshot your review, I hope you say something nice, and upload it at hollyperkins.com forward slash review so you can start your muscle building journey now for free. Oh, and be sure to check out the first 10 episodes of this podcast. I am so thrilled that you're here. Stay strong, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I am so happy that you're here and I hope you loved it. If you did, please take a moment to subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a review. And if you want more from me, check out my blog and coaching programs over at hollyperkins.com. That's all for now. I'll see you next week.